for the date, boys, you just put anything you want in there. Uh, the, you can write down prayer requests and questions, and you can rip it off, and you can put it in the boxes in the back. We look at those. You can play tic-tac-toe, boys. Boys, you play girls, you can play too. You can doodle. You can do things. This is for you. There's so many of them. So grab one. Take notes. You're going to want to, especially today. Uh, this is a perfect lesson. So uh, has, if you've all thought this, even if you don't want to admit it, you thought this. If I had superpowers, what would I use them for? We've all thought about this, okay? We've all thought about if we had the power to do what other people can't do, if we had an advantage, that's what a superpower is, by the way, it's an advantage, right? If we had an advantage, that's the power play, like that in hockey, when you're on a power play, that's what it is. It's an advantage. One team gets more players than the other team. It's an advantage. And that's what a, if you had a superpower, like an advantage in life, what superpower would you have? I think about that. What would I have? What power would I have? What would I do? And not just the power would I have, because here's the real question. Just like Ben, the uncle of Spider-Man used to say, with great power comes what? Great responsibility. Thank you, superhero fanatics. And here's the thing. If I had this great power, what kind of responsibility would I have? You know, would I have the responsibility? Would I take the responsibility and be a good guy? Would I do good things? Or would I be a villain? Would I be a bad guy? Would I do bad things? Would I help people from burning buildings? Or would I set the building on fire to cause a distraction so I could rob the bank down the street? What would I do? I don't know. We have no idea. Would I save little tiny cats from the tree? Or would I put the cat in the tree so everyone in the house would run out to save the cat and I would go into their house and steal their TV? I guess I could do that, right? I don't really need superpowers for that. But I don't know what I would do. Uh, when I was a kid, I thought Star Wars was so cool and how great it would be to be a Jedi. Yeah, it, no, it, Star Wars is still cool. But now I'm looking at it and I'm like, man, the Sith are just so cool too. Like, I don't, now I'm kind of like, before it was like, I'm totally going to be a Jedi. Like, if I was a Jedi, I'd be a Jedi for sure. And now I'm looking at it and I'm like, I don't know, the Sith, the dark side, like, that's like, they got red lightsabers. Like, that's pretty, like, that's pretty legit. I kind of like that. I'm just unsure where I what I would do. Here's the thing. We all have power to do something in some way. All right, now, it might not be a superpower to fly around or, or a Jedi where you have a lightsaber cutting people in half, even though that would be super cool. But everyone has the power to do something. And here's what I found, though. I found that when it comes to serving, and we're going to talk about serving today, when it comes to serving, everyone feels powerless. Like, everyone thinks that when we talk about serving, this is what we're talking about. We're talking about bringing stuff, giving things. And we're talking about bringing money and giving money. And here's what I think a lot of people hear when we talk about serving or giving and, you know, this whole be fearless thing. Everyone sometimes thinks like, well, okay, so that means in order for, for me to do something, I have to go without. In order, for, because sir, that's what we make serving. We give. So in order to give, that means I'm giving away, which means I'm losing something. You know, for me to give change and collect this money and give this money means I will have less money. Like if I was to collect cans at my house or, you know, and, and go and get all the cans out of my, you know, cabinet or whatever, you know, your mom or dad has in your house where you keep cans, you know, to empty that thing out and give the cans may mean someone else has cans, but that means that I do not have cans. I'm giving my cans away. And we usually think of serving in terms of that. You know, we give, which means we lose out on. We, um, someone else has, and we do not have. Now, here's the thing. 
that is not all. Now, that's a part of serving, and not maybe in that sense of, well, you know, they have, so I don't have, even though that's true. I mean, giving away means thinking of yourself less and being willing to have less so other people can have. But I don't want to think of serving like that today. I want to think differently about what serving is. I want to take a look at Jesus and how Jesus thought about serving and caring for people and what the most powerful way that he knew how to serve. And here's the bottom line. I'm going to give it to you early. It's going to be up here on the center screen. Here it is. uh, And I want you to read it because I want you to have this idea in your head as we're talking about the greatest power play is giving something away. It's giving something away. Now, what does it look like when Jesus gave something away? Was it a possession? Was it a thing? We're going to take a look at it because there's a different way of looking at it. Uh, If you have your Bibles with you, I want you to grab your Bibles. Um, Everyone should have a Bible in their lap, and this is what you're going to be looking up, John 13. So if you're sitting there, and you're like looking at your lap, you're looking down, you're sitting there, the tops of your thighs covered in fabric, and there's nothing there, grab a Bible. And put it right there, right in the meaty part of your body, right there on that lap. All right, everyone needs a Bible on their lap. Page 1062, John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, fourth book in the New Testament. It's one of the Gospels. A guy named John wrote this. He also wrote the book Revelation and 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. Wrote a lot of the Bible. Almost as much as Paul, if you add it all up. So that's a fun fact you could write down. A lot of people think, thought Paul wrote a lot of the Bible, but John wrote a ton of the Bible. John, Revelation, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, tons of chapters of the Bible. This is what it says in the very first part of John. Let's look at this. Before Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his Father. So he, Passover celebration is a big deal. He knew it was almost time for him to die. So I mean, the whole whole thing of Jesus' death were, was that you know they, they they lied. You know they were all fearful. Um, they plotted his murder. They you know were going to capture him and crucify him. That all that stuff happened, and he knew that time was coming. He had loved his disciples during his ministry, which was a three-year ministry from 30 to 33 on Earth. And now, uh, and now he loved them to the very end. So this is like nearing the end of his life. It, verse 2, was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Jesus, Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. So this is what's happening. Like, this is the moment. It's like dinner time. This is what's happening. Next verse. This is what it says in verse number 3. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything that uh, he had uh, came uh, come from God. Let's try it again. He knew that the Father had given him authority over everything that he had come from God and could return to God, that everything he had uh, come from God and would return to God. That sounds weird, but that's seriously what it said. Um, So here's the thing. I want to focus on this verse for a second, okay? This is what we think when we think about serving. We think about possessions. In order for someone to have, we have to have less of. In order to give, then we are doing without. Now Jesus, he knew what it meant to really serve. Jesus looked at things differently. He did not look always in terms of possessions, even though giving something away, doing without so someone else can have, is a godly, a good thing, okay? Jesus looked at things differently. Jesus, with all of his authority, had a very different way of looking at how to serve people that didn't have to do with giving money away, it didn't have to do with giving cans or giving stuff, okay? 
the way he thought of how to serve people, uh, how to give something away, was to give away things that people hold closely. Listen, people will give away money. People will give away stuff. People are going to hold on to things. They're going to hold on to things like reputation. I mean, you think of your reputation, what it would look like to give your reputation away. Let me talk about what it would look like to give your reputation away. You walk into school, and I know how schools work. You find the table of kids that, you know, no one really sits with those people at that table. And you go sit down at that table. You are giving your reputation away because reputation is not the most important thing. Some people think it's the most important thing. And they'll hold on and protect their reputation at all costs. All right, let's talk about the social like, hierarchy of schools. And we know this is a true thing because I, I went to school. I know a lot of you go to school. Some of you are homeschooled, so, you know, whatever. But everyone gets the idea of a, some kind of a social order, which I don't agree with, but it's a thing that's real, so to not talk about it is foolish. And you go into school, and it's like, oh, well, you know, the, everyone's kind of in a category. Like, well, those are, you know, those are kind of the nerdy kids, which I don't like labels like that. Those are the jocks. You know, they're the ones who do sports. Oh, those are the brainiacs. Those are the really smart kids. Oh, those are the popular kids. And, and what determines that? I'm not totally sure what determines that. But people will either protect their spot on that ladder or they will fight as hard as they can to go up rungs of that ladder. Maybe it means dating someone that they're not really fond of, but it just you know, builds like their you know, credibility in school so they're more popular, or they'll treat someone a certain way so that other people will be their friends. Maybe they're bullying someone, and maybe they're not a bully at heart, but they're doing it because, well, if they're mean to that person or bully that person, then other people will be like, oh yeah, you can be part of our group, and they have friends, and the kids, people want to have friends, right? So, but, so people are going to hold on to that social hierarchy hierarchy of schools, they're going to hold on to that really tight. You know, reputation, social hierarchy. You know, some people, like, hold on to this, like, I'm important. Like, they have this view of themselves, like, I'm more important. I, like, I would not do this stuff over here. Like, I, I'm, like, I would not, you know, get down on my hands and knees and clean the floor. Like, that's beneath me. You know, I wouldn't get over there. Like, that, cleaning things up, that's, I'm, I don't like getting dirty. That's kind of over here for those people. I'm more over here where I like to do, like, fun, exciting things that don't get me dirty. And, you know, it's like a class system, right? It's like, there's things you wouldn't do because that's kind of beneath you. All right, so Jesus, all authority, right? Do you guys know what it means to have authority on something? Like to have the power to do and to say, all right, let me give you an example. If I came in to work on Tuesday and said, hey guys, we're going to change the junior high logo. No more arrow in JHM. We're going to do the JHM, but instead we're going to do turtles. Junior high is just going to be about turtles now. We're going to get turtle t-shirts, and we're going to get turtle nicknames, and we're going to get turtle logo, and it's all going to be about turtles. Listen, some people may disagree with that. You know, people that on my team, you know, Kristen and Jess and so on, they might disagree with that, but you know what? In the end, who has the authority in junior high? I have the authority in junior high. So if I want to do turtles, even if they disagree, we're going to do turtles. That's what authority is. You know, listen, here's another, here's another example, okay? If I said, you know what, next week, not even next week, next service, 11 a.m., I'm like, hmm, it's kind of cold in here. I don't like it in here. You know what, 11 a.m., we're going to do service on the lawn. Jason, get ready. We're going to do service on the lawn. Jesse, get ready. We're going to do service on the lawn. Get a speaker out there. And they'd all look at me and be like, Justin, this is crazy. We just, we're ready for service. We have all this stuff in here. Like, you know, that's crazy. Maybe it's crazy, but I have the authority, and I, let's do it. So, and and they, everyone would do it. They, they have to do it, right? That's what authority is. It's like, it's, you're in charge. Jesus has authority. Jesus is in charge. The power to be in charge, the authority, comes from God, his Father. Now, this is the thing about Jesus. Jesus proves he has authority. How does he prove it? Jesus heals people. 
He's walking around. This guy's blind. He heals the blind guy. He walks in a room. A, a girl's sitting there dead on the bed and says, you know what? You're, you know what? You're just sleeping. She's not dead. And they're all looking at him like, Jesus, what are you talking about? She's totally dead. She's been dead. Like, you should have been here earlier. And Jesus is like, no, no, she's not dead. And goes over there, takes her hand, prays with her, and she wakes up. Jesus looks at death and says, death, you don't have power. I have power. I'm Jesus. Jesus looks at people who are sick and say, hey, you're not going to be sick anymore. I'm Jesus. I can heal you. People look at Jesus and they get freaked out by that because Jesus has authority. With these just his disciples and they're on a boat and like the weather is crazy and waves are everywhere and everyone's freaking out like the boat's going to crash and we're all going to die and everyone's crying and weeping and like grabbing onto their blankets and crying for their mamas and, and just losing their brains, all right? And everyone's going nuts and Jesus just gets up and is like, hey, everyone just chill out. It's all good. And just calms the seas just by looking out at it and just saying, stop, stop. That's what Jesus does. Jesus has power. He has authority. Jesus is someone worth listening to. Jesus can change things just by walking in a room and just changing. He can change everything. Change you, change me. He can change it all. Jesus has power, has authority. Now, this is the thing. You have power and you have authority. You have the same stuff that Jesus has. Maybe not in the same way. Maybe you can't walk into a hospital and start healing people. But you can definitely help people. Like you may not be able to change everyone's life, but you can change some people's lives. Like you don't have to walk village to village for you. Sometimes it's just walking door to door in your own house and mending what is in your own house. Maybe it's locker to locker at school and maybe it's table to table in the lunchroom. Like you have a circle of influence to use the power, use the authority you have. Now here's the thing that I love about Jesus. With all that power, with all that authority, Jesus had a different idea of how to care for people. See, when you think of people who have power and authority, usually you think like, oh man, you know, they're just, they're better than everyone else. They, they're, you know, they should be treated differently. They should have the authority and the ability to really do, you know, whatever they want, you know, not answer to anyone. Um, you know, they should be in a place of just respect and revered and, and, you know, that's, you know, it's that person, you know, that person, they're really important. You know, back in Bible times, there were, they had class systems just like we have now, okay? Same thing. There were the people who were kind of like the rich people. There were the poor people. There were the, the people who were influential who thought that they, um, you know, they could determine how everything is done. They can call the shots. They can be in charge. And then there were the people who were, you know, like they were like the slaves. Like they were like the bottom rung of society. You know, it's a, it, I, remember, uh, I remember this story um, and learning about when I was a kid, my youth pastor, who was the coolest guy ever, would tell us a story, and he would just like explain like slaves and like what they did. Let me just read this next verse, verse four. And he, my youth pastor is the coolest guy. This is verse four in the Bible. So he got up from the table. So this is Jesus after like his authority and power is like established. Like it's clear, like this is who Jesus is. So he got up from the table because they were all sitting at the table. Took his robe off, wrapped a towel around his waist. He poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. All right, now listen, this is the thing. This is so good, all right? This is so good. Because Jesus, he was the kind of guy, let's see here. Ooh, you. Let's see those feet of yours. All right, this is the best thing about Jesus. Jesus was the guy that said, you are more important than me. Not that Jesus is saying that he feels he's not important. Jesus knows and 
feels he's important, that God loves him and God cares for him. But Jesus is willing to look at his disciples and say that I believe you guys are important, not just in what I say, but in what I'm willing to do. You know, back then, foot washing was like a really big deal. Let me explain. Not everyone, you know, had foot washing at their house, but it was customary to have foot washing at your house. Why? Well, back then, they didn't have cars and shoes. They didn't have any of that stuff. So if people were going from door to door, you know, going and visiting friends, chances are they were walking to that person's house. Now, how it would all go is this. They would walk to the person's house, but they don't have roads, they don't have cars. And some of them, you know, if you, you're lucky if you had shoes. You're not walking door to door wearing Nikes and Converse or Vans. Like you're, maybe you're wearing sandals. Maybe most of the time you're barefoot. If you're poor, you can't afford stuff. And you're walking through dirt streets that cows have been walking down and goats. And, and your feet are all dirty and they got like, like goat poop on them and horse poop from the carriages. It's just so dirty and disgusting. And they go to these houses, okay? They go to these houses. Ah, Nicole. They'd go to these houses, all right? And when they go into the door of these houses, all right, I can unbuckle these. When they go into the door of these houses, it was customary, because people didn't want like dirt all over their house, right? It was customary for them to have their feet washed as like they like go into the house. So they go in and they'd have someone there who'd wash the feet. Like all like, imagine like if you had like a bunch of like cow poop and just dirt between your toes and they'd have someone there like at the house to wash their guests' feet to get all the, the poop off and all the dirt and all the garbage. Now here's the thing about that. The person who did that usually, let me see the other one, Nicole, usually was a slave. You know, people who were rich, who were wealthy, they'd have, they'd have slaves at their house and they'd have a slave and the job of this slave was to get down on their hands and knees and clean people's feet from all the, the poop and all the garbage and all the junk. Now, you might hear that and you might think, oh my gosh, that sounds so, like, what a bad job. Like, you probably wouldn't want to do that job. That sounds like such a gross job, right? Like, that it's, it's dirty, it's probably smelly. Well, yeah, you guys wouldn't want to do that job. That's why they had slaves do it. Like, that was like the lowest job in society, to be the person washing people's feet. Like, it was, it, no one wanted it. It was gross, it was smelly. Jesus went around the table of his disciples, washing their feet. You know, this is what it says in the next verse. I always want you to look at the screen. This is what it says. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't understand what I'm doing, but, but someday you will. See, here's the thing. Jesus knew something that was really important. He knew in order for people to learn how to really serve, they, they, to serve, they had to have it modeled for them. Like, people will hear about serving, they, you know, will, you know, learn about it, they'll have pastors in the room teaching them about it, um, you know, oh, here we go, they'll, they'll hear about it, and they'll do, you know, you know, lessons on it, they'll do be fearless stuff, let me see these feet of yours, these are dirty feet, dude, you don't take care of yourself. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, I know you take care of yourself, that was a joke, dude. So, everybody, like, you, you guys will hear lessons about it, and you'll be taught about it. Like, you'll maybe take notes on it. Like, you'll do a be fearless thing at church and have, you know, people be wearing T-shirts and the whole thing. Jesus knew something really important. 
he knew that it wasn't about everyone just learning about it. It was about them seeing it, it being modeled for them. This is how you do it. See, when Jesus is saying you need to serve people and you need to care about people and you need to think less about yourself and more about others, that you have to be willing to give something away, that something isn't always a thing. Sometimes that something is your status, how you view yourself, that Jesus, the most powerful, the son of God, the one who would save us from our sins, the one that heals the sick, the one that that raises people from the dead, the one that walks out on water, the Jesus, the God-man who was buried and three days later got up and walked out of the grave, that guy, Jesus, looked at his best friends, his life group, his disciples, and said, listen, unless you learn how to take the place of a slave, unless you learn how to give away the status, how you view yourself, your reputation, unless you are willing and understand how to give that away, you'll never never really understand how to serve people. And the best way for me to help you understand that idea of giving something away other than money and other than cans is for me to model it for you. Verse seven, Jesus like, you don't understand what I'm doing, but someday you will. No, Peter protested. You will never, ever wash my feet. Now here's the thing, here's the thing. You guys, I don't know how people feel about their feet being washed. You know, they're looking at Jesus and saying, Jesus, like, you know, you are not, because listen, this is not about foot washing, okay? This is about, like, the time period, okay? You got to get this. They're looking at Jesus and saying, Jesus, you're not going to wash, not because they didn't want their feet being washed. They didn't want Jesus taking the place of a slave, all right? Hello, hello, is this thing on? All right, hello, listen. That's what they're protesting If you read the Bible and you just read it and you don't understand it, then what you're wasting your time. I'm going to help you understand this. Okay, this is in the Bible. I'm going to help you understand it. They're not protesting because Jesus wants to get on his hands and knees and clean their feet. He's protesting. He's not for it. He's against it because he doesn't want Jesus to take the place of a slave. Now, how does Jesus respond to that? Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. This is what Jesus is saying. Unless you get why I'm doing this, like you can't be a part of what I'm doing. Like unless you understand that I have to take the place of a slave, that I have to humble myself, that you guys have to see that in order to really serve people, you have to be willing to give something away. That everyone has power to do something, but how are you using your power? Are you using it to kind of keep it to yourself? No, listen, everyone has the power to do something. And some people are more influential than other people. Some people have access to more things than other people. But listen, everyone has the ability to get down on their hands and knees and clean someone's feet. Now, am I saying that you should go clean people's feet? That's not what I'm saying. This is what I am saying. Are you willing to get down on your hands and knees and clean someone's feet if it needs to be cleaned? No, listen, no, listen. If we're going doing homeless ministry and there's some guy walking around barefoot, are you willing to take the shoes off of your own feet and give it to that guy? Are you willing to take your own socks off and give it to that guy because he has nothing? Are you willing to look at the kid at the lunch table who's sitting alone who has no one and like do something about that? 
Here's what it says on the screen. I want you to write this down. This is important. Jesus was here to give something, not take something. We think of our time a lot like we're here to take and get, and what can I have, and me, me, me. Jesus was here to give something. He wasn't here to take something. If you're taking notes, I want you to write that down. This is a really good note taker's moment. This is what it says next. I want you to write this down too. This is a really good one. You and I may not have superpowers, but we have the power to serve. We have the power to do something. We might not have superpowers. We may not be able to do all these incredible things that Jesus did, but that's not the point, right? Jesus didn't model to them how to raise people from the dead in this big moment. He modeled to people how to serve one another, how to be willing to think of themselves less, how to use, not what they didn't have. We can always worry about what we don't have. We can always use that as an excuse. Well, I don't have a lot of money. We don't have a lot of cans. We eat out a lot. Like, I guess I can't serve. No, 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 listen. You've got to be willing to make the time for other people. Everyone has the power to serve in some way. You need to find your way. Everyone has a different way of doing it. You need to find your way. Here, check this out on the screen. I want you to write this down. This is very important. This is what it says next. Sometimes our greatest power can come from our smallest acts. It doesn't have to be these big, enormous things. Look, people may not even know about it. I may never even hear about it. But everybody can, like, if you in your mind are saying, man, I want to get to a place where I'm serving, well, maybe that means you, like, not just taking a big step to get there, maybe it's like taking small steps along the way. Maybe your small step, like your little small act, if you're not a person who holds doors for people, maybe you need to start holding doors for people. That's a small thing. Maybe if you don't give your teacher some encouragement at the end of the school week and say, hey, thanks for, giving, thanks for teaching me this week. I hope you have a great weekend. That's a small thing. That's nothing. Anyone can do that. But if you're not doing that, maybe that's a small thing. You know, you get to big places because you take small steps to get there. I want you guys to take small steps. What's your small step? You know, write down this question. This is what I want you to think about this week. How can I use my power to give instead of get? If I asked you to make a list of the things you want to get, it would not be hard for you to make a list of the things you want to get. You make a list of the things you want to get, everyone wants to get something. Let's make a list of the things you want to give. What can you give? How can I use my power to give? How can I do for other people? How can I help other people? How can I care for, serve, think of, consider, help, empower, love, accept other people? This is a question we gotta think about this week. That's my hope for you. Think about this question this week. And here is the big bottom line. It's right here on the screen, this is so easy. Your greatest power play is giving something away. You have the power to do this. We are gonna worship together. We're gonna think about what it would look like to do that this week. Why don't you guys all leave your stuff where it is, go back and get it when we're done. Stand on up with me. Let's come up and worship. Jason, are you ready to go, my brother? I'm ready. Take it away, my friend. We used to sing this song in here in junior high ministry and it's been a long time and I, I'm realizing how much I missed this song because it really paints a picture of the heart of Jesus to be so humble, even though he had every reason in the world to be so full of himself, right? He had every reason in the world to come in and just be like, you do this, you do that. But he, instead he said, I'm gonna do these things for you. 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to serve. I'm going to care for the sick and the widow and the orphan, the people who are on the outskirts of society who don't have any friends or family. He brought them back into the love of God. And I really want to be just like that. Humble King, Holy One, Friend of sinners, God's own Son, God in flesh among men, You walked my road, You understand. i mm-hmm.